Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and what an incredibly beautiful day it is today. And we have several cryptocurrency cryptopians who are celebrities in my book who have birthdays today. And I'd like to say happy birthday to Ramsey Brown of Washington, D.C. Happy birthday to Ernestine Johnson of Buckeye, Arizona. And happy birthday to Elvis John of Jacksonville Beach, Florida. To each and every one of you, I hope that today your birthday is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness and understanding you deserve on this day which is your birthday ladies and gentlemen if you'd like to get a shout out on your birthday please feel free to give me a text message at 424-317-7373 again 424-317-7373 we have a lot to talk about on this day as we've been bracing ourselves for the BRICS meeting, it actually started today. BRICS, again, being Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And there are so many other countries that are there. And we have been anticipating this meeting because there is a lot going on in the economy. And the economy is something that is really important. And a lot of times, you know, I just always want to reiterate that money is not the most important thing. Money is about the ability to give you an option. You have options when you have money. And so, no, it's not everything. But to me, based on where I am right now, and what I'm understanding about the world, it's right up there with air because we are able to move so many needles if we have our economics and our money in order. That being said, there is a quote by David Cameron, and it says, the economy is the start and the end of everything. You can't have successful education reform or any other reform if you don't have a strong economy. And I really feel in our community specifically, we've never had a strong economy. And I'm going to say just through and through, we've never had a strong economy, a strong enough economy to move the needle and really, really change some things. And so in order to get the education reform that we need and the economy uh, reform that we need, we've got to do something different than we have done before. And so it is the, the reason, the very reason that I'm always talking about decentralized uh, dif different decentralized spaces that are available right now because this decentralized revolution is what is upon us. And what I'm really hoping to continue to do is continue talking about the decentralized revolution and explaining to you play by play all of the things that are going on so you'll know what the heck is going on in this crazy world. And it really... 
uh, it literally uh, lets us know that we are in a position where we have got to break away from centralization and the central planning is um, they're doing their planning. We on this other end have to really start looking at and really taking hold of and understanding decentralization. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, moment. more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. As I stated, the BRICS meeting today started in Johannesburg um, today. And it is Tuesday. It is finally here. And so all of these countries are meeting where they're discussing the actual expanding of this particular club. And again, this is totally opposite of G7. And um, they are talking about the geopolitical alternatives to the West. And they're leading different conversations about some of the things that are going on in the world. And the latest, this latest gathering of leaders has actually garnered a level of international interest that has been rarely seen by any groups um, over the last 14 years. And ladies and gentlemen, economically, this is a big deal. Whether we are told by the media or not, it is definitely a big deal. And Russia's invasion on Ukraine, along with the trade war between Beijing and Washington, have really reinvigorated the debate over whether the bloc of, of these countries in BRICS will remain a loose trade alliance or become a new international coalition. And this means a lot. There are just so many different moving parts. I can't begin to explain how many moving parts they are, but we will attempt to do so over the next month or so as this revolution begins to actually take form. We've, we've known for a while that a lot of things were on the table. Countries have started coming out and talking about holding back resources from the United States, and those things are going to really prove to be critical for our country. And so we're going to talk about these things as we move forward. But dozens of countries have actually not just decided that they wanted to kind of flirt with BRICS, but that they wanted to and they had interest in joining. And we've talked about some of them before, Argentina, Nigeria, Iran, uh, Belarus, Saudi Arabia, and Indonesia. But right now, as it stands, ladies and gentlemen, BRICS represents 40% of the world's population and one quarter of its economy. And so not that these are very rich, rich companies that can take over and do some things, but again, because we export or import so many things here to the United States, it is critically important that we have allies are all around the world. There are things that we use for our electric cars that we need to import. And so if those companies are moving 
the the uh, goalposts and not allowing those things to be sent to the United States, we're going to eventually experience some problems. And so we've got to look at this early on. We have to look at the macro so we can understand in the micro, meaning our households and our communities, what we need to be doing. And what we're witnessing right now is growing pains, like literally growing pains. You know how when a young boy or a young girl is growing, sometimes if some of you have had a teenager in your house, their bones really hurt because they're growing. And and these growing pains are really a difficult thing to really explain in the economy, but they are happening. And a lot of times we just sit back and think that these things don't apply to us, but they absolutely will. And I try really hard to help you look through the lens of finance, as well as politics, as well as technology. So you can really get a better context of what's going on. Because if I sat here every day and just talked to you about finances, then things like politics and technology, those things on their own, don't really help you understand or give you the bigger picture. So we have to talk about all three together so that you actually get it. And of course, I'm going to say that the technology that is really driving the change in the world today is actually Bitcoin. The decentralized technology that is changing the money supply is Bitcoin. And when you change the money, ladies and gentlemen, you change the world. So I'd like to actually run through a little bit of the breaking news or the headlines that you can keep up with to see what's going on because we really want you all to know what you're talking about, what issues you need to be talking about and have a sense of new conversations as you talk to your neighbors and your co-workers and help them really understand that because money is changing, that means everything in our world is changing because money is the thing that just economics, all of these things stem. I mean, they just have tentacles everywhere. And I, I just, as I go to look at it on a daily basis, I'm like, oh my goodness, this one little thing that they're withholding from the United States is going to cause this to happen. And what can we do to make sure that we're on top, that we're ahead of not just the cryptocurrency curve, ahead of the technology curve, ahead of the political curve, Curve because this is some serious stuff. So we are at peak centralization right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are nowhere near decentralizing. And we are trying to work towards getting into a decentralized state, but we're definitely not there yet. And I've never said that we're going to get there in the next year or two. We're talking five to 10 years down the line. But the little steps that you take today will affect what your future looks like in five to 10 years, especially if you get it. And if you're zooming in, you're going to catch it. But if you're zooming, if you're just standing there, I don't, I just want to say in a, in a state of shock or thinking that this is never going to play out the way we're saying it, you are really fooled because it's happening. And so what I want to do is break down some of this stuff. So, you know, a lot, 
about what goes on on a weekly basis. Again, if you know better, you do better. And um, I'm going to do my best to bring it to you. And one of the things I like to look at right now that is going on in the economy. And, um, of course, we're here on the midday money chain. What's going on with money? And we can see that there are some new numbers that we hit last week that weren't very good. Now, again, the media is not going to explain this to you like that. But these are the numbers that I want to really touch on. And I'm talking about poor American consumers. And I don't really want to call people poor. And I don't mean poor by they don't have any money because if they don't have credit cards, uh, most poor folks don't have credit cards by right other than, you know, cars that help them build credit. But Our credit card debt here in America has hit new records. And now, um, that's not a record, ladies and gentlemen, that you even really are going to hear about or even want to hear about because we saw second quarter credit card balances shot up by about $45 billion dollars billion with the b that's almost a five percent increase which is now over one trillion dollars of consumer debt what i am finding out in my research is that most people have blown through their savings and now they're start starting to take and pull from that 401k and They're not afraid of that penalty for pulling that 401k out early because they are absolutely in need of the money. And so as we take a look at this, there are a couple of different types of debt. And I know sometimes you hear people say there is a such thing as good debt, but there's good debt versus bad debt. And we always hear that coming from Robert Kiyosaki because he talks about good debt versus bad debt all the time. But consumer credit card debt is what we call bad debt. And um, just to help you understand and explain why it is, um, but why is bad debt? We've not really heard them talking about how this debt is actually driving overall household debt levels up so far, people are not going to be able to come back from it. So there's a lot of things that households have, uh, which is cars and houses, etc. but it's pushing the debt levels up by percentages that we haven't seen ever. And over 17 trillion with the T, 17 trillion is in debt. And that debt is like putting on some sort of, if you have a purse, you know, some of us pick up our purse, our purse is heavy anyway. But if we had a purse full of rocks and we're trying to walk up a hill and the more rocks we keep putting in that purse over and over again, the harder it's going to be to actually get up that hill, which means the harder it's going to be for you to get ahead if you continue to put rocks in there. And that's what debt is. You're now making payments to your credit cards and whatever debt debt you have and the interest is burning up your capital instead of the capital that's going into investments that'll be growing. And so that is a major hindrance. And so I would 
say to you, if you're a person out there that's listening to me and you have credit cards, please try your very best not to utilize those credit cards so much in the months coming. We talked about making sure that we're pacing ourselves with the things that we're buying, buying our needs and not our wants, buying what is absolutely necessary because things are going to get a little bit tighter. And so we don't want to turn to credit cards. And I think in a way it's good for our community. Uh, I shouldn't say it's good for our community because we need access to capital. But I want to say for a lot of people, it's really good that we haven't been extended so much credit because we're not over leveraged because they wouldn't give a lot of us those credit cards in the first place. So um, for the but those who are indulging in a lot of credit card debt and high interest, just know that you're basically burning up your money. And you're lighting it up with fire because that interest is really putting your money um, a little bit lower, faster. And I mean, you're you're really, really running out of money based on these interest rates. And so we need to be putting our money in a garden and really letting it grow and not burning it up. We've seen credit card debt balances um, rising for five consecutive quarters. Ladies and gentlemen, at some point, this credit has to crash and burn. But who's behind the credit? The banks are behind the credit. And that being said, there's going to be some more financial turmoil behind that. We already talked about the fact that commercial real estate is having some difficulties. And we really have to uh, figure out how that is going to affect us because the banks took out uh, bonds for a lot of the commercial real estate. And if the commercial real estate falls by the wayside, that means there's going to be a lot of money lost, not because they lost out on those buildings, but they took monies out of the bank to go ahead and invest in some of these things. And so that's how it trickles down to our community. And so basically, um, we just really need to know that this is a trend and we're always trying to figure out the direction that we're going before we get there so that we can make the changes that we need to make. Um, if we can start seeing these trends and start seeing that. If we can. If we can start seeing these trends we will know exactly what we need to do to ensure that our families are safe during these uncharted times. And so we uh, really need the right combination and we've got to really see what combinations are going to best work for us. And when I say combinations, I'm talking about the diversification of your portfolio. We can see that new delinquencies continue to climb from recent historical lows. Nobody was defaulting on this debt, but debt was low and income was good. But ladies and gentlemen, it's kind of changed up now and the job markets are softening. Uh, with massive layoffs, especially more in the tech sector than we've seen. And we've started to see delinquencies starting to climb. And as we as we get into these delinquencies, ladies and gentlemen, I just need everybody to know once our credit ratings 
are, I mean, you can always get people to fix your credit, but once your credit declines and we've got these credit ratings for the United States that are declining, we have credit ratings for the banks that are declining. It is going to be really hard for us on both the micro as well as the macro to get ourselves in the position that we need to be in. And so we see Bank of America that just reported that more people are now tapping into their savings. Uh, as I stated before, they were the ones that have actually taken a look at people's savings account to see that those savings accounts are now dwindling. And um, the, they're in financial distress. And I'm not talking about Bank of America, individuals that are tapping into their savings and their 401ks, they're in financial distress. And that's not a good problem to have, especially right now where we don't know exactly what is going on. One of the things is if you dip into your savings, I would highly recommend that you don't dip into your savings. But if you're dipping into retirement accounts, Man, your pain is going to be more than anything because early withdrawal penalties, I talked to somebody about this the other day, those fines can get pretty hefty. And so it's not a good problem to have. So um, we've got to really pay attention to what's going on and really try to figure out together how we get ahead of what is taking place. And so over the next couple of days, I'm going to share with you some of the things that some of the countries are holding back on. And it's small things like rice. Now, at onset, you may not think rice is a big deal. But what I am going to do is, and I don't even eat rice, but I want to share with you how that becomes a hardship. And we'll do that when we come forward after news, sports, and traffic. This is KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So I just really wanted to uh, continue the conversation just briefly so that you all will really understand like the magnitude of what is happening here in our economy, because it's a serious thing to find out that in the second quarter, a lot of folks actually apply for a hardship through their 401k, which allows them to get some money out, right? Early withdrawals. And it surged the first three months of the year at 15,900 people who actually applied for a hardship to pull money from their 401k. This is serious because about 16,000 uh, is an increase over 36% from the second quarter of 2022. So within a year, about 36% more people came in for a hardship. Now they're pulling now so that they can deal with today's issues. But what about the future issues as it relates to retirement? So when I always talk to you about the five to 10 year look, that is what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. We're not just in trouble today. We don't feel it today, but in five to 10 years, we're not going to be the only ones that are feeling it. It's going to be a lot of people 
people that are feeling the stress and the struggle because they've blown through their their savings and now they're taking from their 401ks and they're going to pay a penalty. So again, this is not a, tre- a, a, a good trend, but this is where we're trending, unfortunately. Now, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us as consumers? It means consumers are getting weak. And I have been saying for months, ladies and gentlemen, please save and invest. Do as much as you can to make sure that you're buying needs and not necessarily wants because Folks are running out of money. Their savings are plunging and the amount of debt that they are having or holding is getting astronomical and um, it's just continuing to go up. Now, what does that mean for the overall economy? Well, it means that because the consumer is weak and if they sell consumer goods, and of course we know those consumer goods are higher and higher. Heck, I went in the 99 cent store and I know it's been a while since things have been 99 cent, but I never thought I'd go into the 99 cent store and see something that's $59 or $99. I was just just in awe that they were able to sell those cheap products for that price. Uh, Because they haven't done anything except raise the price. The quality isn't any different, but it is what it is. And unfortunately, those stores are in our community, which means we're paying more for for some products that are awful. And so um, as consumers, maybe you don't have that much money going forward, but you need to really pay attention and really start to do some things to ensure that you will not be holding this purse full of rocks trying to walk up this hill because we've got to make it uh, less strenuous on us. And again, that comes with cutting a little bit here, cutting a little bit there. And again, I'm not the person that says, well, you can't smoke cigarettes. You can do whatever you want to do, but maybe you smoke a little less amount of cigarettes. Maybe you don't buy that Hennessy every single week. You maybe buy it every other week or you start to wean yourself off of some of the things that are taking some of your extra money. And I'm not blanketing our community saying that we smoke or drink, but there are certain things that we can do as a community, even those of us that are listening and are really trying to do some good things in our lives as well as far as um, saving and investing, we can really look at the normal everyday things that we do and see how we can actually benefit from it. And I've identified those things in my life. One of them, I don't I don't know the last time again, I bought this particular tea from Starbucks. Tea is not a big, big deal, but it helps my throat. So I learned how to make it on my own so that I could save monies. And so those are some of the things that we really need to buckle down and pay attention to. Because there is a difference between the rich versus the poor. And I'm seeing it every day. And I don't even like to use the word rich because what is rich? I mean, rich, honestly, is relative. I don't even know, especially if you live here in the state of California, because if you make a million dollars a year, half of that goes to taxes. So you're left with about 
500000 And then if you pay $1.5 million for a house or something of that, even if you pay a million dollars, a million dollars for some of the houses in Los Angeles are under 2,000 square feet with three bedrooms. So, I mean, you have no choice. But then you have two cars and then you get a new car and then your kids have to go to school. And I'm not even going to say private school because just to go to a public school, you need uniforms, you need supplies. The teachers are even asking for supplies. And I had to talk to one of the teachers that I was dealing with with my children and say, do you understand? I just went shopping for four kids for school and now you're telling me that they not only need supplies but you need supplies as well this is very expensive so i would suggest um you know that that you figure out something else to do than mandating specific colors for kids on certain days that's what we were dealing with and i I mean it's a little it's a little thing but money starts to add up as you are dealing with kids in school and all of those things and some of you may just have grandkids i just unfortunately have kids that are in elementary and junior high and it requires a lot and it was very expensive this year for the, to get them into school and to get them feeling confident about what they were wearing because you know our kids have that whole thing where they feel like what they wear makes them and as much as you talk until you blue in the face about them uh, understanding that it's who you are inside and not where you are outside or what you wear outside it kind of goes in one ear and out the other and so you still have to assist a little bit or they don't even feel confident about going to school but that's a whole nother subject that we need to deal with specifically in our community because our children are going to school as if this is a fashion show and um, it's a problem and and Jordan's definitely affect our economic stance in our community because when children have on 200 and dollars $400 shoes and their parents are barely making their ends meet you know it's a problem and it's consistently getting more and more expensive for our children to wear those types of things and we've just really got to pay attention to it but with that being said if you have all of these things going on and you're making this million dollars that I talk about technically you're rich but technically I said technically you're rich, but you're broke, right? Because at the end of the day, you're barely paying your bills, trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I don't think about wealth um, in the in the terms right now of being rich and poor because the wealthy wealthy have assets that grow and the poor throw on. And I'm I don't want to call nobody poor because my little people have Jordans as well. But it seems like poor folks are the only ones that care about those sorts of things and those are depreciating assets and the rich just continue to get richer and we continue to get poorer and I tried to explain to my children that hey you know you have these Jordans but they don't really have a secondary value because you're going to wear them and they're telling me about all these websites where they can go and sell the Jordans and do this and do that which kind of is right or correct but again for the most part we really have got to look at how we're spending our money because it's not beneficial to us our community and the mindset of our children is definitely not beneficial to our economics our our economy and our communities being stronger later so um, most of them though buy assets 
uh, that most of us continue to buy assets that continue to cost us more money over time. And so uh, we just got to get into really changing the mindset, financial mindset. There's so many different things we can be doing. And I just have to put a pin in it since I was talking about the kids and talking about school shopping. I literally had to take uh, my children's mother and put her in the car on the first day of school after her really just focusing and being having a strenuous mindset about making sure that these kids look the way she wants them to look during school and just show her that the kids have on vans, the regular kids, everyday kids that live in beautiful homes. They have on vans. They have on holy shoes. They have, I saw one kid with duct tape on the front of his shoes. He's a skateboarder. And this is what, where your kids go to school. So why are you breaking your neck to make them look like they have money that they actually don't or that you actually don't when these other parents and these other kids don't care, but they have the assets they need. They have these beautiful houses. They're on the lake every, every weekend with their boats and their RVs and all of these things. And it is high time that we as a community really get off this soapbox because we are putting ourselves in so much debt it is unbelievable and we can't use that debt in the same way some of them use their debt because they've got a whole lot of tricks for the trade and they're filing bankruptcy and starting over and doing some other things that we're late to the party on and unfortunately Americans have now surpassed a trillion dollars of consumer debt and a lot of that ladies and gentlemen is us and so um they go on shopping sprees. We go on shopping sprees. Just like I said, they go out to dinner. Um, they're buying all these vacations. People are acting like it's business as usual. And hopefully you've been listening to me for the last year. And that's not you. When we come forward, we'll continue this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA, KBLA Talk, Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We're going to, I'm going to put a pin in it right there and we're going to talk about uh, what we may need to do for the next six to 12 months to really get ahead of what is happening in the economy. And we've talked about different things that we need to do. Uh, a couple of people have asked about selling their Bitcoin. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. And we're going to talk about um, some of the other things that we need to be looking out for. And so I need to just really quickly, because we are bumping up against the hour, really uh, just come back in today and say right now, based on coin market cap, Bitcoin is trading at $25,808. In the last hour, it's down 0.15%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 1.12%. And in the last seven days, ladies and gentlemen, it is down 11.59%. That means in my book, I'm saying this for myself, that Bitcoin is on sale. It has a 10% sign on it like you would in the, in the store. 
Uh, and that's another thing, man, this, these, these stores, I've been seeing all the police officers sitting at every exit at the mall. It's really interesting, ladies and gentlemen, what people have actually started or just continue to do over the last year or two. And it's, it's only going to get worse as I stated, but that being said, Bitcoin is on sale. It's not on sale at Macy's, but I, I just, had that visual because I went to the mall last week and saw all these police cars as we were shopping for school clothes. And I was wondering what the big deal was. And then I thought about the smash and grabs and I said, oh, that's why they have this going on. But again, that comes back to the economy and it tells us that the economy is in a bad state. And it's going, they're going to move from smash and grabs at the mall to something else because that's where they know, you know, concentration is being put. And I know they got a whole new task force for that. But again, that's taking money from the economy, money that can be used for textbooks, monies that can be used to help kids pay back some of this student debt. Like monies are being used, unfortunately, for the wrong things in the wrong places because of the economy. And it's just a never ending cycle that we're going through but we can be safe because we can be decentralized and we can have all of our decentralized aspects in place and we can have all of our asset classes in place and being able to touch them and control them is what we are what we're shooting for and so we're going to continue to look at that and as we speak today ethereum is at $1626 it is down in the last hour 0.12% and in the last 24 hours it is down 2.7% and in the last 7 days it's down 11.3% and uh, we're just going to continue to look. I'm going to scroll down coin market cap and I see a lot of red all the way down because the altcoins are taking a pretty big hit. And I'm going to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this cryptocurrency space is different. It's different in a way where you've got a lot of youngsters of all different nationalities that are a little bit, in my opinion, not dealing with reality now. Cryptocurrencies encompass Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies also encompass Ethereum and Dogecoin and Solana. And we pointed out time and time again that there are over uh, there's over 1.8 million cryptocurrencies out there now because people are coming up with cryptocurrencies left and right. And with there being over 1.8 million cryptocurrencies now, I'll be honest. I used to say that there was like over 600 and that was just a couple of years ago and people are making cryptocurrencies like 90 going west. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this Dogecoin thing has taken a new turn over the weekend. So that dog that you saw that was the mascot for Dogecoin, he actually passed away and there's this whole thing on X X, formerly known as Twitter, where people, retail investors, are looking at this dog as a high-profile cryptocurrency icon, and they're telling people, please don't be sad. Remember the joy that this dog's name is Blots or something, Baltz 
uh, brought to the world. And they're talking about the joy that he brought to the world because those that got involved involved in Dogecoin at some point made a whole bunch of money. But he, supposedly, I don't know, he died. He died in his of cancer over the weekend. And X, the people on X again, formerly Twitter, are really talking crazy about this dog and how much joy this dog brought to their heart. And it really is scary to me because cryptocurrency users, specifically those that are involved in the Dogecoin and the Dogecoin Foundation, were offering their condolences. And I know a lot of these folks care more about dogs than they do people. But it is just really something to see how many people actually reached out and may even buy more Dogecoin because of the fact that this dog died and they want to help this owner or whatever leave a legacy, which is pretty silly in my opinion. But that's what they're doing. So um, I don't know. If smart people invest in meme coins, but this is one of the meme coins that people have invested in. And I, I'm just knowing right now that people will invest in anything in this space. Even if they think it's funny, they'll give their money towards it because they just feel like they can make more money. And it's not going to be that way moving forward. And I hope our youth really get the message about not investing in these types of coins. But when I look at X and I scroll through the feeds, it just almost makes my stomach sick that this many people are supporting a dog that died of cancer and talking about buying more of something that has absolutely no value and will do them no good in the next five to 10 years. When we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 15. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are seeing in the cryptocurrency space, aside of the Dogecoin uh, dog passing (laughs) this weekend, um, we're really seeing some things happening with Binance. Binance actually has um, some limits on withdrawals over in Europe. Now, again, Binance US is something separate from Binance.com. But again, we want to pay attention to all of these things because when some things like these happen, it actually is an indicator that there may be a problem with the actual exchange. And it starts out subtle and you start to see all these small changes make made and then uh, you start to see the exchange experiencing some financial issues and there are warning signs and everything so whatever platform you're on whatever platform you're working with just understand when you start seeing the first warning signs that is your cue or should be your cue to get out of the situation and I am glad that I've had the foresight to really figure out or see when there's a small issue coming with a platform so that we can start to really get ourselves together. Uh, I wasn't so fortunate as far as uh, understanding what was happening with uh, Prime Trust because they were very quiet about that. But for the most part on trading platforms and things of that sort, when you start seeing withdrawal issues, they're starting to uh, really start to have some problems financially. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. 
and we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at a time and ladies and gentlemen that means you